Break out your wireframes and heat up those Git repos. We're ready to tackle topics ranging from accessibility to front-end design, user experience, and beyond. You're listening to the Drunken UX Podcast with your hosts, Michael Feenan and Aaron Hill. (laughs) He's already laughing. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Drunken UX Podcast. I'm really glad you joined us this evening. I am your host, Michael Feenan. I'm your other, other host. Aaron, how you doing, Michael? <laughs> doing very well. I get to be the schoolboy tonight. Please don't hit me with a ruler, sir, unless that's your thing, in which case, no judgment. It's, I mean, all right, I'll get the ruler out then, I guess. <laughs> this is episode number 107. We are going to be talking about, well, not talking about, I guess is not the right way to put it. Um, Aaron is going to be teaching me a new skill and craft. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're gonna do some, do some railsing. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna rails. do some pair programming, if yeah. you will. Um, I have talked about Ruby a few times with, uh, Aaron, and we finally decided, you know what? It's time for Michael to learn how to actually write some Ruby. I have never done this. Um, uh, legitimately. I'm not putting yeah. on a face. I'm not doing a show for anything here. I literally have never written Ruby. Um, I have read a couple Ruby files in the past, mm-hmm. like I've seen what Ruby code kind of looks like, but never learned it, never written anything in it. And so over the next hour, we're going to try something kind of weird and new. Aaron's going to teach me, and I'm going to build a little hello world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could do that in an hour, right? Yeah, that should I that should be enough time. Um, so a couple things that we did beforehand that we're going to take as a given, um, although if you've ever done Rails before, you know that this isn't a small thing. Uh, the setup is always a pain in the ass. So Michael has already loaded a VirtualBox instance of Ubuntu, and he has installed Postgres as a database. He's installed a Ruby binary through the RVM tool. That's the one that I like. Other people like RBENV or ASDF or some other ones. RVM is Ruby versioning manager. It's similar to NVM. If you do node, um, it's just a way to have an easy way to have Ruby binaries and have them be, um, different kinds of Ruby binaries on your system. So those things are already all done. And so we can just start with just doing the rail stuff itself. We can just get, get in there and we are, we're going to jump right in here. Um, normally we talk about our drinks and everything. Uh, I have a watermelon soda. Um, I have a cool. diet Coke from McDonald's <laughs> with crack, Kraken and cinnamon uh, fireball in it. Okay, so you are drinking. Cool. <laughs> All right, teach. Um, if you are interested in this though, and you have a, uh, uh, you want to follow along, because I know. So one thing that's going to be hard is how how do we demonstrate learning Ruby over a podcast? And I'm going to be painting word pictures as we're going here, talking mm-hmm. about the code, asking questions, all of this as we build this out. But if you really want the visual component of this. We will be releasing the full-length screencast of this process Mm -hmm. to our Patreon backers. And so if you go to drunkenux.com slash support at any backer level, $1, whatever, um, this video will be uploaded shortly after this episode uh, uh, airs. Just to give me a second because I may have to edit. (laughs) Yeah. I think that uh, we'll probably put the code up on GitHub too, I would assume. Yes, right? the code yeah. will also be released in full on our GitHub. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. It will be available as of right now when you're listening to it. So you can go look at this code. Yeah. And who knows? We may actually make this into a thing where we follow this up and start, you know, have an episode where we do some more advanced features or something along sure. those lines. So 
that may be something that following that repo, you may get, you know, uh, lessons, so to speak, that can go along with that. And you can, you can follow that repo. Okay. Teach cool. what's first. I've got, uh, up in front of me, I've got my VS code. I've got a terminal and I have literally an empty folder. Awesome. So the first thing we're going to do is we have to create the rails app and you're going to do that by using, uh, the rails command. We're going to use that command a bunch. It has a bunch of different options and switches and stuff. Um, I already gave you the full command in our discord. Right. Right. Um, if I had been a good boy, I would have uh, copied <laughs> that ahead of time. But so I didn't. I had to write out this command because uh, the Rails new command uses a lot of uh, command line flags. And there's a f specific configuration that I like. Um, I like to skip mini test because I prefer RSpec. And we're going to skip Bootsnap because I find Bootsnap to be a pain in the ass. I don't want to get into it. And then we're going to tell it to use uh, Postgres as the database instead of uh, SQLite. So, uh, yep, you've named it the app, Ducks Ruby. So and it's Ducks Ruby. Mm -hmm. Oh, we should talk about what we are actually building, though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, it's, it's a hello world, right? That's what it's, we're doing. It's hello world, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am uh, using a uh, new methodology of sort of organizing my decision making and my work um, called what's uh, what's called an Eisenhower box. Um, an Eisenhower box is just That's a... Four That's where, like, grid. you you sit in a box, and then if you hit a button, someone throws a Cheerio in for you. Uh, no, no, you turn into uh, the only president that Kansas ever created. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Congrats, Kansas. <laughs> we uh, what we do is we use this to basically uh, prioritize stuff by determining if something is urgent or not urgent, mm -hmm. or important or not important, and okay. by spreading your tasks out. You figure out what you need to do now or what you could delegate or put off till later and okay. what you just won't do. You know, the, the tasks that are neither urgent nor important go in the bottom corner and basically don't get done. But you have them on the list. Yeah. Um, so my suggestion for this was there's, there isn't a, a really good version of this online already at Eisenhower.me. And I thought, what if I just built my own version of that so that I could have like my own Eisenhower box, little web app that will store all my tasks for me. And then I don't have to like send my data to a third party so that mm -hmm. they have access to all of my to-do items and know that I don't clean my toilet nearly regularly <laughs> enough or something like that. Ew, gross. Um, so I thought, oh, I, if I can build one of those, I can just have it on my computer and it can just be there and run. And when I need it, turn it on. And when I don't need it, turn it off. Um, so that's what we're going to look at building. It's a relatively simple, what we call an SPA, a single page app. Um, it'll so have some, one thing I going on. Something I really like about this is that um, a lot of times when people are learning a new language, they have the experience of like, okay, I know a couple things. Now what do I do? And I like this kind of app because it's very like small and contained but still has enough complexity that you can sort of play around and, uh, you know, explore the things that you've just learned. It, um, it has what we call CRUD, right? Yeah. That acronym CRUD, create, what, reuse, update, and delete. Uh, R would be read. But read. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I'm, you're right. And I am tired. Yes. <laughs> create, read, update, and delete. It's like the, the four basic pillars of mm -hmm. application development. Yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, CRUD is something that Rails, like, is, exceeds that. Like, if you were doing a CRUD app, Rails is, is a great 
like possible solution for you. Um, like there's certain things that Rails is good at, and certain things it's not good at. Uh, a lot of stuff that like React really shines at, like heavy uh, single page UI interactivity stuff. Um, Rails is like so so. Um, like I wouldn't build like a Google Maps kind of clone in Rails, probably. Probably not. Um, but something like, uh, like, oh, like what to do items do I have to do or like a blogging service or whatever, like Rails is great at that kind of stuff. Um, so you got the Rails new command, uh, go ahead and hit enter. I'm going to hit enter. And oh, did so a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So what it's doing right now is it's running through a Thor script. Thor is a, a, a Ruby like sub language thing for scripting. And, um, oh, so. <laughs> I got our I got first, some errors though. Yeah, our first snag. So the first thing um you need the Postgres development package. This is a an Ubuntu thing. Um I'm getting you the URL right now. So it's sudo apt install postgresql which you already have, postgresql-contrib which I think I saw you install and then libpq-dev is the one you're missing. Um that's the like development uh library stuff for it which it needs because when it's installing the gem um, it needs to have access to those. Right. Okay. So now, go ahead. Do, and, I, do I need to rerun my new command? Uh, just do ls real quick. I think it created it already. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually, my you know directory is here on the go, left. Oh yeah. Go ahead and rmrf it. Just just kill it and start over again. I I want to. Okay. I think the the script might do some other stuff after it installs the gems. We might hit one more snag with one of the dependencies for. Um, it's the JavaScript library. Cool. So, um, so Ruby gems are like uh, libraries, similar to like Node packages or whatever. Um, and what it's doing right now is running through a script. It's creating a bunch of seed files for you for the app, and it's installing the, any gems that you need by default. Um, and it looks like it's done. Uh, go ahead and type uh, bin slash rails space s space s s for server. There you go. Okay, and then open up your web browser and go to localhost colon 3000. No database error. Oh. Uh. <laughs> okay, so uh, do so it's giving you an error page right now. Rails' error pages are actually pretty good overall. They show you like a useful error message and then it shows you the relevant part of the code that's erroring and it'll show you a stack trace. So it's telling you to run bin slash rails db create. So go ahead and copy that out and then run it. Copy that out and run it. Uh, yeah. Cool. It created okay. uh, two databases for me, uh, DuxRuby development and DuxRuby test. So the development database is the one we're going to use locally for like development and like manual testing. And then the test database is what's going to be used by the automated test suite. Um, Rail, we're not going to do a whole lot of test writing because it's time consuming and we only have an hour. Um, but we will write a couple tests. And hey, you just hey I refreshed my page and I have a yep. Rails logo. Yep, you are hello worlded. So cross that one off the list. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. That it's different. It used to look different than that. So the one thing that jumps out at me too here is when we uh, when we in initialized the new repo, um, a new project, it's clearly very opinionated in its oh, like yes. configuration. I have a lot. It generated a lot of folders here: app, mm -hmm. bin, config, db, 
that very clearly, you know, are uh, special purpose. So it definitely wants you to build something in a very structured way here. Yeah. So the the mantra in Rails is convention over configuration. Um, and what I always tell people new to Rails is always do things the Rails way. Like go with the least resistance possible until you're comfortable. And sometimes you have to go off the rails. Sometimes you have to do things a little bit differently and you do have to configure stuff. That's okay, but you should know when it's correct to do that and you should know what the impact will be when you do that. Um, do you want to run through the directories really quick and I can walk you through the app? So I've got an app directory that's full of stuff. <laughs> so the I app see some words I recognize, though. I see the word models. I see the word uh -huh. views. I see the word controllers. Those make yes. sense to me. Yeah, so the app directory is what's going to store the bulk of your business logic. And like basically this is like the core of the app um with a couple exceptions, but like the bulk of your app is going to be here. Assets is stuff like your JavaScript and style sheets. And I guess your images, anything that gets like compiled up and like served uh like that's kind of supplementing the app. Um channels, we're not going to worry about. That's for action cable. We're not doing it with that tonight. Uh controllers is so you mentioned models, views, and controllers. That's the MVC pattern. Rails yeah. is like 100% build off of that like paradigm. Um, so controllers is what sits in between the user and the database. Helpers is like uh, little bits of like I'm not trying to describe them. If you if you want to write like little methods and things that'll help out your Ruby code, like. Maybe you're just constantly writing the same method for calculating sales tax or something. You'd throw a helper in there to do that for you. Um, and that's where they, that, that code would live. Uh, JavaScript is if you were doing, um, regular, like, like a webpack style stuff, it would go in that folder. Uh, jobs is for background jobs. Like if you wanted to have something, uh, run with like a sidekick or Redis, uh, you would do it in there, like sending mails or whatever. Mailers is where you are sending emails out. Um, models is, it's like where your domain concepts live. So if you have like a user, you would have a user model, it, like your user class will live in there. And that like the, the thing about Rails is that any of the things in models map, excuse me, maps directly to a database table. Um, and then views is stuff that it's the HTML that's going to render. You can think of views as like templates. So that's the app folder. Um, the other ones are bin, which is going to store like, uh, binaries, like commands such as rails or a bundle, which is for gem, uh, your library management. Um, config is like general application config. There's a lot of stuff in here. We may have to visit that later. Um, the DB folder has, uh, the seeds file that you're looking at, which is like, um, you can put in for development, especially this is really handy. You can say, this script will create all of the objects you need to just start manually testing the app. So frequently what people will do is they'll put a couple like generic user accounts in there, maybe like a couple sample items so that all you have to do is run the seed script and then you can start the rail server and then just start testing. Um, it's also where the migrations will be stored and we'll come back to what that means later. Um, lib is like, there's different schools of thought and what goes in lib generally that's where you're going to put stuff that is like kind of meta code. Like it's, you're writing some Ruby scripts that are meant to work with the app itself, but not like the user facing part of the app. 
It's like the the uh, it's like the DevOps of the Rails stack. Rail stack. Um, the log folder holds the uh, just the, the logs. It's when you're uh, development log and the test log. Any of the output that gets outputted while you're doing stuff gets dumped into those files. Um, public is static files that are rendered to the user in certain cases, such as a 404, 500. Um, if you want a file that's just straight HTML and doesn't involve the database or Rails objects at all, you can stick it in that folder. Um, storage, we're not worrying about that. Uh, temp is just a temp folder. Uh, we're not going to worry about that either. Um, vendor, we probably won't use. Um, we, we were going to use a third party SAS library to start. That might be where you put that eventually. But I, I think for the purposes of Expedition, we'll just probably stick it in the assets folder. Um, and then the last one that's important is in that root folder, the gem file. Uh, the gem file is like the, uh, what is it called in, in Node? The package.json? Yes. Gem file is the package.json of Ruby. So it has all, each line is like gem space a name. So gem rails, gem puma, gem... PG, like it's all these different like libraries and then you install them with the command bundle install. Um, so that's, that's like a very like 10,000 foot view survey of the app. Um, I think the first thing is what is, what's like the central domain concept here? Like, I, I think you were describing me before the show, it's like a task, right? Right, right. So like the, the entire crux of the grid is each quadrant of the grid is basically just a to-do list. Okay. The, a so standard what, make an item, delete an item, mark an item is done. So what would you like to call a single item? Let's, let's come up with a name for this first. Uh, can we call it a task? Task is great. Okay, so go to a terminal. Um, so all of the commands to interact with this, uh, this, the Rails app itself are done through the command line. And we're going to use the Rails command again. So type bin slash Rails or just Rails. Either one is fine. And then um, uh, you can either type G or you can type generate. It's the same thing. I do G because I'm lazy, but you can type out generate. Um, and we're going to use scaffold because this is going to be the most, uh, the fastest way to do this. So type the word um, scaffold, the so generate scaffold, and then type uh, task, all lowercase. Don't hit enter yet. Um, what are a couple like fields, you know, a task is going to like, think of the most basic possible task that we know about. Uh, a task would have a description. Okay. It'll have a status and it would have uh -huh. a uh, location. Let's call it that in the grid. Right. Okay. So uh, do uh so after task, do space and then type description colon string. And then um, you said location. So uh, is that also a string? I'm assuming uh, we could call that like integer. We could we could number the quadrants one, two, three, four. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, don't worry about that. We're going to come back to that. Okay. Uh, so so grid of location. You don't need that. Um, uh, but status status could be an integer as well. Um, complete or not complete, basically. Uh, if it's going to be if it's complete or not complete, do it as a boolean. So let, why don't we Maybe do just this? call it complete then. Yeah, yeah. I was say, why don't we just call it complete? And is mm -hmm. it Boolean or just bool? A uh, Boolean. Yeah, the full word. 
Um, and then, uh, go ahead and, and do, uh, what is it called? Important and urgent, right? Those are the two things. Uh, important and urgent. Yes. Okay. Go ahead and do those as Boolean also. Okay. Okay. So you're, what you've typed is bin rails generate scaffold task description colon string complete colon Boolean important colon Boolean urgent colon Boolean. Okay. So what scaffold does is, um, scaffold is going to create the, the model the like the initial class for it, it's going to create the controller with all of the CRUD actions already fleshed out. It's going to create the views that you need for all of those different, uh, controller actions. It's going to create the database migration to actually add the table with the columns that you're specifying here. And it's going to add the route, which is, um, so Rails runs its own server, like how you have Apache or whatever. Um, Rails will take the requests in. It'll consult the routing table and say, based on the URL you gave me, it matches this route, which maps to this controller action. Um, and I'll show you what those mean in just a moment. Go ahead and hit enter. Enter. Mm -hmm. Boom. It created a bunch of stuff. Cool. I got some new files. Awesome. Um, okay. So the first thing, let's go through each of these files. You have the first one I see in the list is DB migrate a whole bunch of numbers. And then it says create tasks. Timestamp. So, yeah. Go ahead and, uh, you can find that in your editor under the DB migrate folder. Go ahead and open that. Okay. So this, what, what a migration is. This is one of the things I really like about Rails. When your, your database, the, like the progress of your database over time is done through migrations. And what a migration is, is like, um, it's a bit of database modifying code that has a timestamp on it and the timestamps kind of show like the evolution of the database over time. So I've worked on apps that have migrations that go back like five, six years. So you can really see like the history of the app over time. Um, you will create these generally not ever delete them. You can, but there's really no reason to. When you, when you clone the app down and you set it up initially, it will run through each of these migrations one after another and then like modify the database sequentially. So the end result should be idempotent and you should end up with the, the database in exactly the state it needs to be for the app. So this one that we created, um, the, the migration is called create tasks. And as you can see there, it says create table tasks and then the do with the pipe and the T that's called a block. Don't overthink it. A block is just like a Ruby thing. You could think of it. It's sort of like a closure. Uh, like it's, it lazily evaluated. Um, generally like conceptually what you might want to think about it as is like a block is like given this stuff at the beginning of the line, do this stuff within it. So you have the create table task or you have the create table like command. And then you're saying like, okay, take this create table stuff. And then we're going to run this additional code on that stuff. Um, and then finish the task. It's like a subroutine almost. And you can see it creating each of the fields there for. You. Does that make sense what you're seeing? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. No, this it. is very straightforward as far as like, okay. clearly it's creating a table. I can yeah. see all of the fields that I want and the field mm -hmm. types that they will be. Yeah. Oh, you'll notice, uh, there's t.timestamps. That is on, that is just a given. That's on any like Rails model will always have timestamps and that gives you a, column called created at, which is when the record was created and updated at, which is when the record was last touched. 
Oh, and then the there will also be a column that is a surrogate key called ID, and that is on every table. You don't see it because it's just a given. Um, and like, there's a lot of like Rails magic that expects there to be an ID column that is a primary key and that is also like unique. So the next thing you see there is it says app slash models task. So go ahead and open that file up. Okay, so this is very basic. And you can see it just says class, task, and then the, the less than, uh, it says less than application record. Less than is uh, Ruby for like inherits from or like subclass of. So it's like task is a subclass of like application it, record. It's like, yeah, it's an, ex an extension then basically. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, so application record is a generic uh, ORM, like object creational mapping, um, that represents like it, what it means is like this this class is going to map directly to a database table. So the fields that are available or the attributes that are available to this class will map one-to-one -one with fields that are available in the database column itself. And then we have, oh, so there's route. Um, that's for the routing table. A, a resource is like, um, it's a, like a domain concept that is exposed to the user via the web. Do, uh, the next line is app controllers tasks controller. Go ahead and open that one up. The, the naming scheme is really important. The, the Rails magic will expect a, a model called task to have a controller called tasks controller. There are ways to change that, but generally speaking, you shouldn't. Um, so in this controller, you've got, uh, so in, in Ruby, uh, the word to make a function is called def, or I presumably define. So if you have like def space new, that's a function called new. Each one of these corresponds to a, a, a different controller action or like a given a request, it will route to one of these methods and then do stuff. Um, but you can see like there's index and show, um, new, edit, uh, create, update, delete. That's all your CRUD actions. Um, and each of these is uh, RESTful. So it's the uh, REST is a representational state transfer. Um, and what that means is like given an HTTP verb such as get, put, patch, post, delete, Given one of those verbs and a URL, the verb will affect how the URL is perceived by the server itself. So if you see there for delete, it says delete space slash tasks slash one, right? And then you see where it says um, for show, it says get slash tasks slash one. So that's the same URL. But the difference is that one of them is using the verb get and one of them is using the verb delete. And depending on what verb is used, that will affect um, which action is used. Sometimes uh, when, you're, when you're doing an app, you'll have a, like, a link or something and you're thinking it's going to be like a delete action. But if it's not actually passing the right HTTP verb in, it'll get perceived as a show action instead. Um, and then you can get errors and weird behaviors and it's like, oh, why is it doing this? And that's why. And then you can see the views. So there's like app views, tasks, index, edit, show, new, form, task. Those correspond to the controller actions you just saw. 
So I, I think that's, that's it. So the first thing to do is go back to your browser and then check out what error message you get when you refresh. Okay. So what's it telling you? Uh, it says that I'm pending a migration. Hmm. Cause I, I made a new, uh, task, uh, uh, migration, right? That needs right. to run. Yeah. So to go back to your terminal and the way we run migrations is, um, type rails space. Yep. You got it. DB for database colon migrate and then hit enter. And there you go. So it runs the migration. And so, I'm, I'm presuming that like in the, the Postgres table, then it's keeping track of like that timestamp. And so if I were yes. to run rails DB migrate again, it would be like, well, we already ran all yeah, of do it. Okay. We're running again. Yeah. And so it yeah. knows that it ran those migrations. It's feature flagged it. And now it, it won't run that again. So run, run that command, but this time append. So no space, just append colon status to the end there. So what that does is that shows you a list of all the migrations and it shows you whether or not they've been run. Um, and yeah, the, the app looks the same. Um, because we're just looking at the root of the app. Um, go ahead and put slash tasks on the end. There you go. Okay. So you're seeing a page now that says tasks and it says new task with a link. And if you click on the link, it shows you a page that says new task. There's a field that says description. And then there's looks like three checkboxes. I ne I didn't build this form though. I didn't write the code for this form. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the scaffold at work. Um, I, I personally, I generally don't use scaffolding on the apps I write because I usually just, I, I have a way I like to do it and I just write my stuff manually. But I think that it's important, like, at least in the beginning, uh, because it handles a lot of stuff that might be overwhelming otherwise. So you already have, uh, go ahead and just fill it out. Like, go ahead and write one. Create a task. And there you go. You just created it. It showed you a little status message at the top there. Um, you are seeing, so check out the URL. What URL are you seeing there? I see slash tasks slash one. Okay. So let's, let's say that we just, we just, we're coming into the app and this is the first page we're seeing ever. We don't know what else we're seeing. What, we don't know anything else about the app. So go to your terminal and type rails space routes. This is the show you the routing table. You can basically see what it's, how they line up, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So like, let's look at the first line. The thing on the far left is the, uh, the route helper prefix. So like it says tasks and you also see like new underscore task, edit underscore task, and then just singular task. Each of those things, uh, can be appended with colon or underscore path or underscore URL. And then rails internals will know to map that. It'll consult the routing table and it will give you the URL or the path that goes along with it. Um, the, the thing right after that, the next column is the HTTP verb. So you have get, post, put, patch, put, delete. The next column is the URL like template, I guess you would call it. Uh, like, so you see like there's slash tasks for index. Um, the one you're highlighting now is for edit and that says slash tasks slash colon ID slash edit. Yeah, go ahead and type, type that out. So check it out. So that's showing you the edit page now. And if you look back at the routing table, go back to the routing table really quick. So you see that at the end of that line, it says tasks colon, tasks hash edit. 
um, that's telling you it's the tasks controller and it's the edit action, the edit method. So the, the, now you know that if you're looking at, uh, for example, in your browser, it's the slash tasks slash one. If you look at the, um, the list there, which action do you think you're viewing right now? Uh, I am viewing the task get. This How time. do you know it's not task update? Because it's the same URL, right? It, I know it because I am, I've completed the thing that I did. And so uh -huh. I'm viewing the page with just a normal get request here. Right. Exactly. So you see the get line, the get action there. And that's telling you that you're using show and not update instead. Right. Congratulations. <laughs> you're now a Rails engineer. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so there you go. Like this is, um, I, I mean, I would say we're like halfway there, right? <laughs> but this is like, this is, you now have a functional, like input output basis that you can start with. Right. The, the data side of this is now basically all there. I could take yeah. the, the grid that I've already built elsewhere has like 30 items in it. I could, mm -hmm. I could already put all 30 of those things into my database here and have them stored and at least be able to look at them, interact with them and, mm -hmm. and do all my stuff with them. Nice. And now you can see both tasks in the list there. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was curious yeah. what that would look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's basically uh, spitting out all for everybody else who is not watching the, the video part. It, all of those properties we created description, complete, important, urgent. It's spitting out just all of that basically with right. each one with each uh, iteration. So I've got two of them in there now and it just is giving me a, a basic, you know, uh, exposition of that record. What, what do you want to do next with this? What do you, what do you think is the next incremental feature? Okay. So right now I'm seeing like a tasks list that has huh? full information. Yeah. How do we say, I don't need the the slash tasks to give me the full record view like this. I just need it to say the you want to show the grid. And, okay. Do and you want to see it in the grid form? Let's let's start simpler. Let's just okay. make it be a list of the items, a, a plain sure. old list. Okay. So um go into your app slash views folder. And go into tasks. Yep, you got it. And then go to uh index. All right, so this should look familiar to you. Yes. Okay. So um, a couple Rails or Ruby slash Rails things. Um, a Ruby thing is you see that at tasks there? Yeah. Whoops. Sorry. Back. There we go. Yes. Yeah. So on line six, this is at tasks. So the, the, amp, the at symbol at the beginning of like a string like that indicates that it's an instance variable. Um, this would be like in PHP, it'd be like a dollar sign. So, um, at tasks mean this is a variable that is like local to this scope and the name is tasks. Um, then you have a dot each, uh, Ruby, like many, like a C plus plus or, um, or sorry, not C plus plus Java is like this with a dot notation, right? Um, dot indicates that you are going to send the, the at tasks, you're going to send it the message called each. And each is, as you might imagine, like an enumerator, like it's going to iterate through this collection. Um, 
Then you have do, the word do. That is implying you're starting a block. So you're, you're going to take the tasks, you're going to iterate through each task, and then on each of those tasks, you're going to perform this the, the commands that are within this block. Um, and then after that, you have pipe task pipe. Um, that indicates that in this block, you have a local scoped to just this block variable called task that represents the current task item that you are viewing. Um, the value you put in between the pipes is completely arbitrary. You can call it whatever you want, um, but it represents uh, symbolically, it represents the the item you're currently on. And, and I see on line seven and nine, we're referring to mm-hmm. render task and then link to yeah. task. Is that task the same task that's referred to on line six then? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. So the pipes just indicate, it's like demarcating, like this is the name for the inst- for the enumerated like current thing. After that, you just refer to it by the name alone. Yeah. It's like for each post in posts kind of exactly. situation. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly right. Uh, so then you see also the less than percent. It looks like ASP style syntax. Yeah. And then you have less than percent equals on line seven. Yes. So the difference there, and this is really important, um, less than percent by itself does not echo to the, to the extreme output to the server. Um, less than percent equals does echo to the stream output. Gotcha. So less than percent is when you want things to just, you're saying like, Hey, this is Ruby code. Straight logic. Yeah. And then less than percent equals means this is Ruby code, but whatever the output is of this block of this string or command, um, should be emitted to the server. Um, what do you, uh, having seen the page for this index, what do you think link to does? Link to is going to clearly generate uh, a link based on something. Um, I don't know if that's internal Ruby logic or not, but it's going to generate a link called show this task and it's Mm -hmm. going to link it to the route for that particular task, which would be task slash ID. Yeah. So this is something that it can be difficult at first for people beginning out. Um, there's a lot of what my, a corker, what's called PFM, which is uh, pure magic. Um, and Rails has a ton of it. So in this case, uh, you're exactly right. Uh, link to is a method. Um, in Ruby, you don't have to use parentheses for argument lists, but you can if you want, if it makes it clearer. Um, you can just do a space. So it's link to, and the first argument is show this task as a string. The second argument is an object, or it could be other things. There's other commands you can get for it. In this case, though, we're giving it a task object and Rails will identify, oh, what kind of model is this object? And then it will, it will see that this is a task class. And then it knows that task classes are the task model. And it knows that the task model uses the uh, task resource. So it like it infers all of this for you and then it like it figures it all out and then just makes it happen. Yeah, I see you're typing out the manual. So I'm yeah, I'm doing something yeah. here while you're talking mm-hmm. just to kind of ask the question of is what I just did the same yes. thing basically and would it work? Yes. Yeah, go okay. ahead and uh save save it and then reload the page. So yeah, and and so what I just did for everybody else, so instead of using this link to function, I just wrote out an a tag and I just mm-hmm. manually typed in slash tasks 
slash, and then I did the brackets percent signs with an equals to echo it out, and mm-hmm. I just put in task.id. Yes. Uh, that is that is exactly correct, and it will show up. It should be identical. And there you go. Yep, task slash one, task slash one. So yeah, so mm-hmm. so I can reference that object's uh, properties just using normal dot notation than like I would in other languages. Yep. Exactly right. Okay. Um, and there's there's additional arguments you can do with link to, uh, but we don't need to do them right now. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, all so, right, so let, let how, me can I can I try yeah, this here on gonna, my own a little bit? So, yeah, I was gonna ask you if you do that. This is some idiom stuff here. So I'm seeing some code that looks like I understand kind of what's happening. I see something that says mm-hmm. render task, and oh. below that is show this task. So I know that render task must be the chunk of code that is creating the that visible output on the page because that's correct after that i know show this task shows up the link for that does. all right so where do you think what do you think render task is doing like what do you think it's referring to if so, you had to guess so based on what i'm looking at here i see an underscore task dot html dot erb file which is okay. some kind of partial clearly that's correct and so i'm assuming that there is a naming convention going on here that when you say render task it knows mm-hmm. to reference that underscore task partial. Yeah. So the, the, the thing that's, uh, you're correct, except that it's the, the name task here is referring to the object. And then what Rails is going to do is it's going to look at the object and look at what type it is. And then from that type, it's going to infer, oh, it's a task resource. Where do I store task resources? Oh, they're in the tasks folder of views. And then it's going to look for the, partial that is named as the singular inflection of that resource so for instance if i come <laughs> in here on line six instead of um tasks each it's, do task if i said right. do but and i said yeah. render but but it will still work it still works because it doesn't care that i've called it but that's just a variable right. name at this point yes. when it grabs the but with consent <laughs> It knows but is a task, and task is the thing I go render then. Butts are tasks. Okay. Where's that ruler? I, I, I got there eventually. So now, so I'm going to save this. I'm going to go look at my task uh, ERB partial. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the right so, word is so this for should that. Al- but. This should also – actually, partial is exactly right. That's that's the word that Rails uses for these things. Um, partials are always prefixed with an underscore. Um. And there's a whole lot of shit you can do with partials as far as passing in arguments and like localized variables and stuff. We may or may not get to that today. Um, but this, I mean, this is just an HTML. Uh, ERB is embedded Ruby, which is, uh, like the, this is file is underscore task dot HTML dot ERB. Um, dot ERB just indicates it's like how, um, in PHP you have the dot PHP extension. Um, it tells Ruby, it tells Rails. This is a has file has Ruby in it, and you should parse the Ruby out before you render the HTML. Right. So, so you just took the the div. So what I've done, yeah, ahead. I went into this partial. It had a div wrapper and some p tags and some strong tags, and I just said mm-hmm. this is a to do list. So I changed my div to a ul. I changed my p tag to an li. I got rid of mm-hmm. all of the stuff like important and urgent are important qualities for the task that we'll use to divide them up, but I don't want to show it. It's not something right. I'm going to visibly right. do. So I basically just cut it down to say, J- just show me the description. Right. So go ahead and re-render. And okay. Boom. So you're like halfway there. What, I, what happened here? I Yeah. So I made a mistake, right? 
So yeah. I, th- I've got it rendering out each item as a self-contained list. So yes. every, every item rather than being just a list item is generating a whole list, which is not what we would want in this case. Right. So, uh, so what do you think you'd have to do to change this? So I think I'm going to just take my UL off of here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do bad there. Okay. Boom. Then I'm going to go back to my index file and instead uh-huh. my tasks, I've got a div wrapped around my tasks. That's going to be my UL. Okay. And instead of this P tag that says show this task, I'm uh-huh. going to take that out. Go back to my task renderer, and I'm going to wrap like that. Oh, so, no, I can't uh, do so, that. I could do this, no, though, no, right? You, I could do, I could take yeah. this, right, uh-huh. and put that here. Yeah. So so what I've done is I took this link to um, example, and I said link to, and instead of show this task, mm-hmm. I just said task.description so that right. the description of my task will link to the individual instance of that task. That's precisely correct. Yes. And now I refresh. And now I have in my browser a task list with two items that are properly linked to their individual instance. Boom. Yeah. Nice. Well done. Okay. So now I'm going to step the difficulty up here as we're coming up on the hour. I have one more goal. I have one more thing to do here to to like feel like I have something usable. And I have already been thinking about okay now we're going to do another episode of this um and we're going <laughs> to we're going to add the styling in we're going to do some other stuff but yeah okay but to wrap this up the the whole point of the einstein box einstein eisenhower box is i should have four lists not right. one and i have right. two qualities on these items that uh-huh. let me decide where they show up right so i need to know I'm assuming on my index file here, right? I need a way to query specific tasks and show yes. them. Okay, so there are a bunch of different ways that we can do this. I'm going to give you the one that's going to be the fastest to execute, uh, fastest in terms of us doing it on the show, not in terms of performance. And uh, so we're going to do that. So okay. I, the the first thing I want you to do is in that index file, I want you to create like, I I, I guess like a table tag, right? That's what we're going to do here. That'd probably be easiest. So let's see. So we need just, so we basically need two columns, two rows. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, Okay. So I have a table with two rows and two columns. Okay. So go ahead and take that UL block and then go ahead and just grab the whole thing and stick it inside of the first TD. Let's, let's start with that. Okay. And go ahead and like save that and then load it up in the browser. Let's just make sure that it works. Boom. Cool. Okay. All right. So what we have on the tasks model, I, I want you to open up a terminal. We're going to go into the console. Uh, so type uh, Rails space C for console. Uh, this is a, like a REPL, like a, what is it? Read, execute, something or other. I forget what REPL stands for. Um, it's just, it's a terminal. It's like this console that you're in right now, you have access to any Rails command um, or, or like any plain Ruby. It's like a 
you know, like a Python console or whatever. It's a JavaScript console. Um, type a uppercase T task. And then type um, dot first. Yep, that's it. Hit enter. So uh, task dot first says, given a task, which is the task model that we've created, give me the first record. All right. So remember how we created those complete, important, and urgent as Boolean fields? Yes. Okay. So type, uh, do task dot where space parentheses complete colon true. I was thinking complete gave you a, the, the Boolean gave you a uh, default scope. Oh, uh, sorry. No space after the where. Uh, the parentheses is an argument of where. There you go. Okay. So see the SQL query there? Yes. So what's that doing? Uh, it's pretty straightforward Postgres. Select tasks from uh, tasks where tasks complete is one. Yep. Yeah. So um, what about if you did, um, if you wanted to know what was urgent, how would you do that? So I would just do the tasks, task whoop, where urgent mm -hmm. colon true. Yep. And there you go. Um, and you're seeing the two tasks that you had marked as urgent previously. Yep. What about if you wanted to do both urgent and important? How do you think you would do that? Uh, urgent colon true comma important. Try it. True. Look around and find out. Boom. There you go. I got one. Okay. So let's, let's add, uh, really quickly, let's go into the task model and let's add some helpers, uh, some, uh, like assisting code here. Um, within the class, we're going to use the keyword scope and scope is kind of think of it like a filter. So scope space, uh, colon complete and then comma. Um, and then this is, uh, I call it stabby syntax. It looks like a little dagger do dash greater than, and then space curly parens and then uh complete colon true. Or sorry, uh, where complete colon true, just like you had in the in the console. Yes. Okay, and then um, do the same thing for uh, important and urgent. Okay, now save that. Go back to your console and type reload bang, uh, reload exclamation point. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, and now do task.complete. Cool. So you can see it's doing the same thing as it did before when you typed out with the where clause so and everything. Yeah, just a shorthand to a mm -hmm. SQL query, basically. What's really cool, though, is that you can chain them together. And then Active Record, which is like the ORM that sits underneath all of this, it will evaluate all of the things you're asking it to do, and then it will craft the SQL query as efficiently as it reasons you can. So try doing task.important.urgent. Yep. I see important equals one and urgent equals one. Or right. so in this case. It it infers um that you want to do like a union not a union, but like an and of both of them. Um if you were doing joins and stuff with associations, which maybe we can do on a future episode, um it would figure out which kind of join is best and it would do that for you. It's it's pretty incredible, like what they can do with that. <laughs> okay, so uh, given this, we're going to go uh, performance inefficient, but uh, show performance efficient 
Um, take a guess at what you would do for each of this. I figure if I can get one of these, I can get all four of them. Mm-hmm. So I've got a, a reference here, this at tasks. Uh-huh. Can I just do a tasks dot urgent dot important? I, th- I think that worked. Yeah. Cool. All right. So then I think you know what to do for the rest so of it. So I can be my own teacher now. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> and I can already think of how this fails. I, yeah, I know. We'll, we'll come back I, to that. I, I already, I already realized the mistake <laughs> that's here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. so we, we made a bunch of these helpers, right? Where we said, uh, in, you know, complete true, Im- important mm-hmm. true, urgent true. Um, but we didn't do the false side of that. And with this Eisenhower right. box, w- each task only exists in one place. And so by querying this, my grid right now, as you get to like the lower qu- quadrant where it should be mm-hmm. neither urgent nor important, it's actually showing everything because right. it's, we, we didn't search falsy. We, we just said, give me all the tasks. Not all the tasks also, that aren't to those things. The top right and bottom left ones also show more tasks than they should be as well. For the same also, reason. See that? Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to try using the uh, the not operator. So go into the entry for the top right one. And I think this is what important but not urgent. Uh, in the index file, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right after dot important on line 19 um type uh, dot not not and then do parentheses and i we're going to have to experiment with the syntax here um try a uh, colon urgent let's see if that works cuz we have a scope called urgent and there's also a field a boolean field called urgent it might just know what to do let's see if that works it, oh it didn't it work. did not Okay. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. So look down at the bottom there. See that black box, at the bottom. That's actually a live console. Uh, keep going down with your mouse. Oh, here, gotcha. Yeah, click right there. So type at tasks. So you see, you have like a console right there, and what it's doing is it's giving you a debugging console right at the point of execution. So um, let's experiment with a couple things here. Um, try at tasks dot important. And then try after the important do dot where, or you could just, you know what, since it's a Boolean field, instead of dot not, just do where urgent colon false. That's easier. There's frequently with the, the pure magic that Rails has, I'll, I'll frequently just be like, does this work? And I'll just try something. And sometimes it just works. Like sometimes the, the magic just happens. Um, and sometimes it doesn't. And it's kind of a crapshoot. And that is, one of the things that makes Rails be kind of annoying to learn initially. There we go. That looks a little better. Is yep. that each one That's of them? That's exactly yeah. the way it should be. I have yeah, so four go lists. Go ahead and make a new task. One item in each list, and I can go through here and then say... I'm going to make that urgent. Boom. There it is. I have created my list. I have a functioning <laughs> app. I have an application, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, at this point, this is, uh, like, this is, I think the MVP we were going this for. This is, right? this is it. This is where we got. So yeah. that was, 
super cool, pretty straightforward. The code mm-hmm. will all be in the GitHub repo. Um, we'll be sharing kind of this progress. I do want to come back to this later and figure out now, okay, so how do I add in some CSS? How do I get yeah. this so that I can just operate it all in place, you know, like an actual single page application as opposed to yeah. going from page to page to page. Um, so that'll be some stuff we explore uh, here down the road with this and we'll, we'll grow it and so, make it better. Since this is built in Rails 7, Rails 7 actually has this really cool stuff called Stimulus JS and I'm going to say it's Reflex um, and TurboLinks or the, sorry, it's just called Turbo now. Um, and that is like prime stuff for doing single page apps. I'm going to have to play around with that before we do this next episode because I haven't even worked with this shit yet because Rail 7 just came out recently. <laughs> um, but I've been meaning to learn it. So this will be a cool thing that I can learn and then we can kind of go through it together. Um, but like it's the demos that I've seen, it's, it's really amazing. They do a lot of like prefetching and a lot of like uh, predictive requests and stuff. And it's very fast. And this was sort of their answer to everyone using React for the front end and Rails as an API backend, but all in the same app. Um, the Basecamp folks were like, we're going to go ahead and make our own in-house JavaScript library that we're going to use. Um, and so that's what they did. And it's like the the stream demos that I've seen have been like really incredible. Um, so uh, Michael is adding a class to the link to new task. I'm, I'm playing around here. I don't, I haven't, it doesn't yeah. look like a button yet, obviously, but yeah, cool. Well, awesome. Sit back, uh, give us just one second, and we are out of here. Oh, where have you been? It's like three hours. Man. I know, I know. I'm I'm trying to learn this stuff and debug it, and you sent me down a rabbit hole. <laughs> Folks, I hope that this was interesting and helpful. This is sort of a new thing we were thinking about that we just wanted to kind of try and see. As we said, there is a screen capture of this whole thing as well that you can follow along with if you are a Patreon uh, supporter. Just go to drunkenux.com slash support. Back us at any amount at all, and you will get access to that video. It will be out, if not right when this uh, episode drops, um, very shortly Mm -hmm. thereafter. Um, Please give me time to edit things, (laughs) is all I ask. (laughs) Um, uh, If you want to see more of this, let us know. I do want to follow up, and we'll we'll do at least one more episode of this um, and, and kind of fluff this now this little project out a little bit so you can see how it works Um, but if you want to see more of this in anything uh, we can bring on other experts in other languages and teach us to do the same Mm -hmm. Um, let us know you can find us on twitter or facebook at slash drunken ux or instagram at slash drunken ux podcast you can always chat with us on our discord it's at uh, drunkenux.com slash discord also patreon backers get a special uh, role on our discord to show off the fact that you are a backer of the channel um, oh, sweet. all the little things because this is all about uh, the different ways we can build things, create things, share what we know, and keep our personas close. <laughs> it's a dramatic pause. <laughs> and our users okay, closer. I don't have a cool. I don't have a cool Discord thing. <laughs> You're the host. <laughs> you are literally a host. <laughs> I want a Discord thing. 